Welcome to the Spectrum of Health podcast. I'm Dr. Christine Schaffner, and today I am speaking with Ashley Harris, the co-founder of Lovebug Probiotics. I was introduced to Ashley through a colleague, and I felt that this was such an important topic as we know so much about our children's health starts in their gut. And she has a personal, passionate story that she really found the importance of having a good microbiome, not only for her health, but for her son's. And she really took this experience and passion and created a wonderful line of probiotics for children and for moms. And we hope you enjoy this interview. Thank you. Welcome, Ashley. I'm excited to have you on the podcast today. Thanks so much for having me, Christine. I'm super excited to be here. Well, I am so excited to learn about your product line and your story. And I just have to mention before we get started, my three-month-old Anne-Marie, I call Love Bug all the time. So I just, um, you know, I, I just love that your company's named that as well. And being a new mom and really um, being focused on motherhood and children, I'm really excited to share your knowledge with our audience today. Thanks so much. We all, we all have a love bug in our lives, don't we? Uh, oh, we the do. Name, the name comes from, uh, you know, obviously our bacteria. It's a probiotic company. So our bacteria, you can also call bugs. And, um, you know, for so long, we've been antimicrobial, you know, with our hand sanitizers and overuse of antibiotics. And I think it's it's hugely important for our health to, you know, love our good bugs. And uh, we like to have a sense of humor and fun with uh, sort of all the names. Well, you've accomplished it. I, I love that. And I, I see a lot of patients with chronic illness and we're always talking about different infections and bugs and, you know, all of these things. So I, I thought it was fun calling Anne-Marie love bug. So, um, um, well, well, let's dive in. I know that um, you have a really interesting story and background. How did you start love bug? Thanks. Um, yeah, so I'm uh, not a doctor or a pharmacist. Uh, I don't have a, a background in medicine. I really came to this because, well, when I got pregnant um, and our son, our older child is five years old. And so this is five years ago, first time mom. And, you know, you're just overwhelmed with all this information. And, you know, it's coming at you from all angles, from your friends, from the internet, from TV, from the doctor. And, you know, I tried to learn as much as I could. Um, but one of the things I didn't sort of research and didn't understand was um, group B strep. And I didn't know anything about it. So essentially, uh, and this is only since 2002, at 36 weeks, they test all pregnant women in the U.S. for group B strep. And my doctor said, oh, you know, you're positive. Don't worry about it. You know, we'll handle it on the day. And, you know, I didn't sort of push or pursue that at the time because you're at that point, you're so pregnant, right? You don't even want more info. So um, I didn't pursue it. But what it means is that, you know, as soon as you show up at the hospital, they give you an IV of penicillin, and you're basically on this antibiotic the entire time you're in labor. And so, you know, our son was a little bit late, uh, almost uh, a week and a half. So this big nine and a half pound baby. Oh, my gosh. Out, oh, wow. Know, right? You get a gold star. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pushed out this baby because I heard, you know, C-sections aren't great. And, like, you know, 26 hours I'm there. Um, and then we thought for a minute, you know, kind of what are all those antibiotics doing? And obviously it's there to kill off the group B strep, but it does impact, you know, the bacteria that you're meant to pass on to babies. So. Hudson, our son, uh, is healthy, nine and a half pound, big boy, bring him home. 
And we instantly noticed that, you know, he had horrible colic. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, seasoned moms would come to visit with like three or four kids and they'd be like, oh, that's, that's pretty bad colic. Mm-hmm. Um, digestive issue. Yeah, I mean, he just, uh, I could go into so many stories, but he would scream and cry and you couldn't settle him. And you knew he was struggling. And, you know, you're just so desperate to help your baby. And so he had bloated tummies, he had digestive issues, like the we couldn't keep enough, you know, diapers in the house, all this stuff. And um, ultimately, a couple months out, not too far out, I think it was about the three-month mark, he started to develop eczema all over his body. And, you know, frantically, I'm trying to understand, okay, so what's going on here? And I, I start reading all the literature, and you hear that eczema is really common in babies. But you don't really hear about, you know, why it's so common. And at that same time, and this is what was like eerie about it and really convinced me, like, I've got to get to the bottom of this, was I started to develop eczema. And it was the first time in my life I'd ever had eczema or a skin issue. And I knew it enough (laughs) to know that it's not contagious. So like, why would my baby and I both be getting it at the same time? You know, so I, I marched to the pediatrician's office and said, what's going on here? And, you know, in typical fashion, you know, a uh, prescription was swiftly written. It was for a steroid cream and said, you know, off you go, hopefully it'll be fine. And, you know, that wasn't sufficient because the last thing I wanted was to kind of suppress the symptom and not figure out what's going on here. Right. And I was very fortunate. I did a ton of research um, and I was very fortunate to find some incredible doctors that practice functional medicine and they tested everything uh you know it's the medicine of why and not what to find that underlying cause and so through these battery of tests they found that i had a severe dysbiosis uh which is that gut imbalance when you don't have enough of the good bugs the bad things move in uh i had a uh, severe candida uh, which was no fun to get rid of but ultimately was able to and then leaky gut and so they said you know we did the protocol call remove restore replace or populate but they said start taking probiotics and then obviously because they knew the full history with my son and the antibiotics they said start giving it to him in powder form and you know so i raced home started doing everything i was told and within just the fastest amount of time like two to three weeks everything changed so obviously you know you first see the eczema clear up but then uh this colic that i decided i I must have done something horrible in a previous life, right? My karma was coming to get me. Uh You know, disappeared. And he slept through the night for the first time. Like, his demeanor, I mean, everything changed. And what I started to convince myself was, like, my lot in life didn't have to be that. And it was mind-blowing. And same with me. You know, my eczema cleared up. But then I started to feel better than I felt even before I got pregnant. And, you know, they talk about brain fog. You don't realize you have brain fog until it's gone. And you know, all these things, digestive issues and stuff. And so I was so fascinated that I was like, okay, I have to, I have to figure out how this happened so fast and so quickly. And he was well, but then, you know, why? And I tell people, it's kind of like I went through a cycle of like fascination, which was obviously the first part to kind of horror because like, Mm -hmm. then you learn like how common this is and how many moms and babies who don't even know you know, and don't figure out why or what's going on. But then, you know, you find out 70 million Americans have digestive diseases. It's just a staggering number. And so much of that is going, is 
related to our guts, but then, you know, the antibiotics in our food chain and all this stuff. And so then that horror, finally, my husband was very pleased, shifted to, um, you know, passion to do something about it. And that was kind of the genesis. And I said, you know, we've got to get out there and educate, like moms and babies have to know. Um, But then obviously the wider population, but then ultimately I wanted to create a product better than what's out there. But you know, most important of anything was to educate um, because I deeply believe that the number one most important thing that you can do to improve your health is to get educated mm-hmm. because, you know, once you're educated, you every single day, choices are different, you know, and there's certain things that if you know, like, my God, like, you know, you wouldn't be acting a different way. So um, I think that's key and that's what I'm most passionate about. Mm-hmm. No, thank you for sharing your story. And it, it's these stories that in the moment, we don't always see the silver lining. Um, but I, I think you've really transformed your experience. And it's just so amazing that you've, you know, you're, you've created uh, this product line to really help people. And I, I have to echo that I also believe education is key. And I, I having uh, my daughter recently, I'm, I feel like I live, you know, in hippie Seattle, and we have lots of options. And, you know, I know so much, but I still found myself having to protect her. Um, and, um, you know, making sure that I was giving her the best. And I was just, I, I was sitting there, um, thinking the same thing, like, oh my gosh, you know, I have to be proactive and I know all of this and think about the average person, you know, doesn't really have the opportunity to even make different decisions because they just don't have this knowledge. So, um, so no, I, I think that's really wonderful that you're educating us all. And so, um, so you have this story and, oh my gosh, I'm sure you were so relieved once the colic resolved. And really, I mean, from my perspective, that's a pretty simple, you know, on some level, I mean, I know it takes a lot of effort on your part when you probably did the diet and everything, but a pretty simple intervention to get such a dramatic result. Right. Um, and absolutely. Um, and so you have this story and then, um, what, how did you create, um, your product line and how did this, um, you know, this passion turn into the probiotics that you're choosing to work with now? Yeah. So, um, we spent about a year, um, you know, finding the, talking to everybody (laughs) that we could and finding, you know, sort of the leading um, sort of scientists, where the science was, right? Because a lot of this is an emerging field. Mm-hmm. Um, it's ironic, too, because, uh, you know, 2,500 years ago, Hippocrates, who's the father of medicine, right? And doctors take the Hippocratic Oath. He says, obviously, let food be thy medicine, medicine be thy food. But then he also said all disease begins in the gut. And that's 2,500 years ago. So it's an ancient thing. But then, you know, in the last um, century, you know, what we've been doing to our guts with all these antibiotics. So it's it's kind of like an ancient thing, but also in a very fascinating emerging field. So um, I talked to leading scientists in the space, um, the manufacturers. What I wanted to do was create, you know, there's a lot of probiotics on the market, but a lot of them are incredibly ineffective. the two most important things, I'll just jump to probiotics for a second, when you're choosing a probiotic, is you want a multi-strain product because, and I didn't know this before, but obviously through the research and spending a year, you know, before we launched, was that, you know, your microbiome, which is the collection of bacteria in our guts, is an ecosystem. And like all ecosystems, diversity is health. And we lose that diversity through the standard American diet and 
antibiotics, uh, you know, stress. It's, it's fascinating, the link between the gut and the brain. But so all these things are hurting our microbiome. And you really need a, a probiotic that um, is multi-strain. So that was our first thing. We wanted to find that. And then we wanted to make sure that uh, we found the leading delivery technology. Because the other issue uh, with probiotics is that if the bacteria dies in your stomach acid and doesn't make it down to the lower GI, which is where your microbiome lives, you're not going to have a beneficial effect. It's just not going to get there. It's going to die too soon. So uh, we spent a long time doing that. And then um, I, my background, obviously, because I'm not a doctor and a scientist, but a mom that came to this, um, I loved, uh, like, it's just an incredibly creative thing to uh, build a product and create the, the artwork and the content and the messaging and the education. And so I was really passionate about that. So I uh, really enjoyed that part of it. And we, we now have a family of eight products. So, and the most important thing, obviously, to me was creating a line specifically for pregnancy and babies, because we'll talk about it, I hope, a little bit later. But that's the most important time to really be building up your microbiome, because you're going to be passing on to your child. Um, but then we have a line for babies, a staged program from birth to age four to build their microbiome. And then we have for kids, obviously, and then uh, a range for adults, you know, for immunity, digestive health, and specifically for women. Mm-hmm. Wow, you've been busy, huh? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah no. you don't sleep. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, no, I, I think you've made some really great points. And we've, um, I've had Dr. Cowan and also Kieran Krishnan, um, founder of Megaspore on the podcast. And I am a firm believer, um, you know, about, you know, really the our health belongs and begins in our, our gut. And Kieran's research, who founded Megaspore, created Megaspore, he really um, shared that our immune system and our microbial balance really starts from conception to age two. It's such a critical window of time um, to get our immune systems on board and our our digestion on board. So I'm so glad that you really have. Lo- uh, yeah, I would love to talk about that for just one yeah, second. Yeah, please. Because so uh, even today, I think it's today, the BBC came out with um, an article about the just skyrocketing, and also the BBC called it, I think, unacceptable rates of C-section around the world. Um, in the U.S., we have a 33% C-section rate, but if you look at the, and there's even countries above 50%, I think it's Brazil, um, and it, it's growing all over the world. And, um, you know, that has doubled in the last 15 years alone. So we're really in uncharted territory. And um, I think The other thing, too, is that I don't know if you're aware, but the last two years, the life expectancy in this country has gone down. Hmm. And um, I think back in May, they predicted that this year would also go down. So we haven't had three consecutive years of um, life expectancy decline, except for once. And that was 19, I think 16 to 18. And that was because of a flu pandemic that was, you know, a very unique event. Mm -hmm. And I think you know, we really, really, really need to be spending a lot more time looking at, you know, our pregnancy and also crucially how we're giving birth. And then those first few years, um, because, you know, babies meant to be born through the vaginal canal, get the bacteria from mom, which literally seeds baby's gut and is the basis for baby's immune system. And then, uh, between birth and age, it's, some say too, it's closer to three. I think the the baby's microbiome is developing. And by that age, three, 
it reaches the baseline, that's going to be the microbiome that they're essentially going to have with them for the rest of their mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. So, you know, people are like, oh, sh- should babies be taking probiotics? I mean, absolutely, because you're, you're little, at three years old, you know, you're walking around, might not look like an adult or act like an adult, but, you know, you've got this adult microbiome. And so we, the other thing too, just to mention, um, is that because he, he mentioned age two, because we're not giving babies, you know, the right defenses a lot of the time through, um, you know, not seeding baby's gut, which will be their immune system. It means that they get sick more often. And then, you know, you go to the pediatrician, this experience I had, and we all have it. And, you know, they're really, um, you know, giving you a lot of antibiotics, even the CDC, I'm not saying anything controversial. The CDC says up to 50% of um, antibiotics should, aren't necessary. Mm -hmm. Right. And of Mm -hmm. course they are, and they save lives, you know, hundred percent. But even if the CDC is saying so many aren't necessary, we really, as parents, I think have to question uh, our doctors and get educated and know the right questions to ask because under twos in the U S are getting more antibiotics per capita than any other age group, which is crazy to think about because their guts are developing, their brains are developing. We don't give them the right defenses. And then we're kind of assaulting them insult to injury with all these antibiotics. So there has to be a huge shift in, you know, what we do, but how we look at this critical stage. Cause obviously, you know, with these, the decreasing life expectancy, but skyrocketing rates of, you know, things we're seeing with children that we never did, right? You know, adult diabetes, type two diabetes is now, you know, not not for adults only and autoimmune and allergies. I mean, nuts is a four letter. My son just started kindergarten and nuts is a four letter word, right? Mm-hmm. Things are changing rapidly and uh, we've got to make some big changes. Yeah, no, I'm in, in, in complete agreement. Um, from my vantage point, you know, people are um, when they're sick, they're really, really sick, and then the it, rates of neurological illness and autoimmunity are on the rise, and uh, you know, the rates of autism continue to um, increase. And so, I think that you know, just from an observer, right, um, we have to see that something um, is not going right, right, in our um, in the way that we approach health. And I think um, this is so essential that we focus on the stage of life and. Really um, taking a step back to Ashley, I know that you also focus on preconception, right? So when we think about the stages of where we can support our immune systems to um, hopefully for all of us to see a shift in increasing our health and lifespan, what recommendations are you seeing around probiotics for preconception in regards to also how there's an increase in infertility? And I know a lot of, um, you know, families are having a hard time conceiving these days. And what have you learned on your journey around that? Yeah, no, it's a great question. And one that, you know, people don't ask enough and they don't look at enough. Right. And and it's a difficult question, too, because infertility is very personal and there's so much emotion tied around it. And, you know, it's a tough question, but one very important to look at. So the at least in my world, right, microbiome, it has a huge impact on this and people don't realize it. Um, So I talked about the gut microbiome. The vagina has its own microbiome. Right. And its own bacterial makeup. And, um, everybody's is a little bit unique, but there's things that you need to certainly have in there. Um, and your audience has probably heard microbiome a lot and they're familiar with it, but it's essentially before I go on, it's the, the collection of bacteria, right. That, um, live in a certain area of our body. And like I said, the vagina has it, its own. 
Um, but when, you know, you have a baby on your mind and it's really frustrating because there's only a tiny window, right? Every month to get pregnant. Uh, but it's, it's worse when you miss um, this tiny little window because of an infection, right? So there's yeast infections, there's bacterial infections. And uh, the health of the, the vaginal microbiome is incredibly important um, because aside from these infections, which can impact fertility, I mean, they've even found that um, BV, bacterial vaginosis, can impact miscarriages, preterm labor, and low birth weight. Um, but a lot of times people don't know that they have it. I think the CDC says something like 30% of women can have uh, BV at any time, right? So the, the makeup of the bacteria in our vaginal tract is meant to um, prevent these infections. If you have a healthy vaginal tract and the flora is right, um, there's less incidences of BV and also of yeast infections. And the other thing I'll talk about in a second is that with the vaginal microbiome, it's um, it's heavily impacted getting you know getting pregnant by the pH levels. Um, now the strains that you're meant to have down there in the vaginal tract are lactobacilli strains predominantly, right? And these lactobacilli strains create uh, lactic acid, which of course this acid creates a certain pH level. I think it's supposed to be something like 4.5. And that's the, this acidic environment that is less hospitable to BV and pathogens, right? But then um, the cycle happens where, and I think a lot of us have experienced it, you know, you'll get an infection, you'll go to the doctor, and then they'll give you antibiotics, broad spectrum, which then, you know, kill off the good bugs and the bad, right? So you'll kill off the BV, BV but if you don't replenish um, yourself with these lactobacilli strains, it's a vicious cycle and it's going to happen again. Um, but just on the pH level, so within the, your cycles every month, the pH level changes um, and the body takes care of it themselves. For sperm to survive, you need a much more alkaline environment closer to seven. And that's a big shift, four and a half to seven. But what is happening, um, they think, is that the, when the body, the, the woman's uh, vagina is naturally supposed to go back down to that 4.5. It's having trouble if you don't have enough of those lactobacilli down there to create the acidic environment. And when you don't have these shifts that you're meant to, you know, acidic to alkaline, acidic to alkaline, it can impact fertility in a big way. Um, you know, and people aren't, they, they aren't looking at it enough. So it's important uh, to replenish yourself because we're all getting these antibiotics that are impacting our health. But replenishing with the good bacteria, and specifically for women trying to get pregnant, you know, strains of lactobacilli that will create that environment that, um, you know, makes it more fertile to get pregnant and, and healthy. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, I, I think the over prescribing of antibiotics absolutely is a huge factor. And then I, um, I've had several people speak about, you know, some of the environmental factors that are really destroying our gut microbiome, um, and also the active ingredient in Roundup glyphosate that we're all overly exposed to, which is also an antibiotic. Um, and so I think, you know, for people to understand, like, you know, we're, you know, it's not only what we're doing with our personal health, but also there's this um, environmental 
pressure that we're all up against. And that's also why we're seeing, you know, these um, increased rates. And I am, no, I'm so glad that you um, are sharing that. And um, I would love, I'm sure some of our listeners are thinking, so how do, if I take oral probiotics, how does that affect my vaginal flora? Um, You know, there's uh, suppositories as well, but I I know that's a question that comes up a lot. So I'd love for you to answer that. Of course. One, one tiny little thing uh, is I'm so glad you brought up glyphosate for a second because you know, let's just think for, because there are, uh, you know, aside from uh, taking broad spectrum antibiotics and the foods that we eat, and we might talk about that a little bit later, impacting our bacteria, but glyphosate specifically, I mean, think about conventional tampons, right? I mean, cotton is the most heavily pesticide crop in the world. And, you know, just thinking, I mean, it, it pains me because of course, for years and years and years, you know, I used conventional tampons. But like the residue on there and how did that impact my flora and did that set me up for these infections, you know, which would then send me to the doctor for antibiotics. And then, you know, you get caught in this cycle. Uh, One thing I will say is when I did read about this with tampons and, you know, that was part of my horror stage, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. I made the decision that with our probiotics, we use organic cotton in the bottle. So we have glass bottles, but then we put organic cotton in the bottles because I was like, well, you know, I'm not going to put glyphosate or pesticide residue cotton next to the, these, you know, love bugs that I love so much that, you know, you're going to ingest every day. So I think it's, I mean, I'm thrilled with all the natural alternatives coming out now and the media behind, you know, organic, um, different alternatives for women, because, you know, it's crucial. Uh, we have to look at, you know, every, like you said, as a mom, you know, you look at everything, right, in a different way. I think, you know, you've got to look at everything in your life in a in a different way and just uh, make some, I forget the question. Here, yeah, but like, no, no, you, that's you so great. No, no, absolutely. I'm so glad you brought that up because, you know, um, tampons are absolutely not, you know, people, I think, understand organic food. And then as they start becoming more educated, they start looking at, oh, you know, my toilet paper or my my skincare lotion or my hair, you know, my shampoo. And, you know, not everybody always makes the connection through this whole, you know, every walk of, you know, every part of our walk of life. Right. So I think that's really that's um, that environment. Yeah. You know? it's, it's in us, around us. And you think it's interesting, the word environment, because it makes you think, you know, the sky above and the ozone hole and all this stuff. But it's really remember your environment is close to you and in you. I mean, it's the food that you're ingesting and, you know, the chemicals and all that kind of stuff. It's the, you know, the stuff we put on our skin. So while it sounds like a term that's really outside of us, it's, it's much closer to home. And yeah, you do look at things differently. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, um, just to educate people, we're firm believers, you know, we have this genetic blueprint, but it's really how our genes interact with our environment. And that's how we express our genes. That's the whole field of epigenetics. So our environment is so big in how our body decide um, how to be healthy or not, basically. I'm, I'm trying to absolutely. keep the short version of that. Just a little plug for my for you know, bacteria for a second. So, and you guys might already know this, but, um, but I was blown away when I learned it. So 99% of the DNA that we carry around with us is bacterial DNA. Mm-hmm. And only 1% is human DNA, which is just crazy, right? But the other thing is that DNA from all that different bacteria that we're carrying around does send signals to our DNA, like you just said, you know, environmental and epigenetics. And it is 
such a fascinating but exciting kind of uh, field of science now where they're looking about, you know, what bacteria impacts our DNA in what way. And even with cancer patients, you know, how that's impacting chemo and all this stuff. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a huge amount of, uh, our gut bacteria as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad you, um, you know, brought that point up. And so, um, back to my question, um, if I I remember it too, I know we could talk all day. It sounds like, um, but my, um, my question was, um, how does taking an oral probiotic translate in improving our vaginal flora? Yes. Yeah. Great question. Um, so bacteria are um, amazing teeny, teeny, tiny little creatures, right? And um, things move very quickly. Um, so one thing that blew me away, I, I keep saying blew me away, but when baby is born, right, the baby is taking, um, you know, through the birth canal, bacteria through the vagina into its mouth, baby's mouth is open. And then when the baby baby's head crowns, um, and apologies to the men listening, but uh, you help get us pregnant, so it's only fair that you get to hear this. Um, it's very common that a little bit of poo is pushed out, mm-hmm. and fascinatingly, within an instant, you know, this bacteria uh, can get to baby, right? And so just like, you know, we've got an ecosystem and things coming out down there, um, a huge portion of your poo is bacteria, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, I forget exactly the weight, but it's it's a huge percentage. And so when you're pooping out that bacteria, um, it's making its way where it wants to find itself. And so that is the the magic of uh, the human body. It can get down there. And the body, you know, wants to heal itself and wants to get better. And so uh, the lactic dislike makes its way to where it needs to mm-hmm. do that. But yep. you've got to be, you know, releasing or pooping out the right bacteria so it can make its journey there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's, you know, um, the proximity is kind of where the, you know, the bugs can travel and everything. And I think... Um, um, yeah, you know, Kieran had, um, and the podcast I did with him, he talked a lot about how when, uh, during the birth process, um, that is part of how <laughs> the babies get, um, you know, colonized. So, yeah. um, so yeah, no, it's a, there's a, there's no mistakes in nature. Right. Um, right. so, um, well, so what strains of ba- um, probiotics, um, if you have just a few to um, rattle off, if somebody was trying to improve their vaginal flora um, to get pregnant, are there any strains of probiotics that somebody should consider? Yes, absolutely. Um, the ones, so the ones, um, you want to put back the lactobacilli that naturally occur in the vaginal tract. And these are the ones that we put in our women's health. Um, so those strains are L-fermentum. Uh, so L, sorry, L stands for lactobacillus, right? So lactobacillus fermentum, lactobacillus ruteri, lactobacillus brevis, lactobacillus plantarum, and lactobacillus gasseri. I know it's a long list. Maybe we can put it in the show notes, but uh, those are all ones that naturally occur in the vaginal tract. They're going to help reduce the lactic acid, you know, get that pH level where it needs to be so that you're less likely to get these infections. So that's not a factor in getting fertile. And then, you know, the vaginal tract is able to go through these cycles of acidic to alkaline to acidic to really get um, the best environment to, to get pregnant. Mm-hmm. So great tips for if you're trying to um, 
have a child or just a good preconception care is to look at your your microbiome and looking at these probiotics. And then I guess um, fast forward, um, do you have any suggestions um, how to prevent um, uh, group B strep from thriving in the vaginal tract? Or if somebody is group B strep positive, other alternatives other than the IV antibiotics um, that are standard of care now? Yes, great question. I'm so glad you asked it because it's so uh, personal to me. So they have done studies um, literally on lactobacillus strains, the ones I was talking about, that if those are present, even if you've already gotten the diagnosis of group B strep positive, it can reverse within a matter of a few weeks. So um, there are definitely ways. The most important thing you want to do while you're pregnant is be creating a very healthy gut microbiome and also vaginal tract uh, biome for baby. Cause this is when you're going to pass it on, pass your microbiome onto baby and all that DNA and everything. And so um, specifically with group B strap, you know, just know that they're going to test you at 36 weeks. You really want to be making sure that you're, you're taking a great quality probiotic. Um, and there are studies that show that this can reverse it um, or even prevent it. And then the other thing too is, and I, I like to apparently have babies that, um, you know, come late. So, uh, I was tested a little before 36 weeks this time, or, cause we just had a second baby recently. Oh, congratulations. And, thank you so much. And, uh, then they test you the second time, six weeks later. So I hit that window. Um, and this time I was staying probiotics the whole time. We were negative both times. I was like, yeah, give me the test. Like it's going to come back negative. Um, and you know, I mean, I know every child is different, but I can't tell you what a different experience this was. I mean, no colic, no screaming, crying. Like she's just, and my hope, my son's five, so he's not going to be listening to this. Just the sweetest demeanor. He's great and amazing. He actually hasn't had any any antibiotics now since the day he was born, which were the ones he got from me, um, which has been great. Uh, but yeah, with with our little girl this time, just a totally different experience. So um, I highly, highly, highly encourage you if you're pregnant to be uh, you know, building up your microbiome because it's an awesome gift that you can give your baby. Mm-hmm. And you, you know, you pr- have proven with your, you know, um, that this can change that if you've had a positive before you, that doesn't mean that you're, um, always going to have a positive. I, I think that's really Absolutely. empowering for people to hear. Absolutely. And the other thing I just want to mention, I had coffee with somebody today who's got four kids and he told me that his wife was given antibiotics, even though she tested negative on the third child, just because they said in previous uh, births that she was positive, which is crazy because the just like they test you every six weeks, the flora can change that fast. So for them to be getting antibiotics, because like two years ago, the previous child, even though she tested negative this time. So you've got to be your advocate, you know, get educated and, and ask those right questions. Cause, um, otherwise they'll, they, they might be giving you penicillin when it's not at all necessary. Yeah. Gosh, that's crazy. <laughs> oh, well, so, um, okay. So let's, we, you know, have preconception and then while you're pregnant and then, um, nursing is such a huge part of establishing our, um, baby's microbiome and the health of their digestive tract. And so how do probiotics tie into nursing? Oh, huge. So, um, really important to take probiotics also while nursing. So, um, breast milk is fascinating and they really don't fully understand it. Uh, 
but uh, they do understand a lot. They're learning, learning more all the time. And so one of the things that they didn't understand was that there's a huge amount of uh, HMOs, they're called human milk oligosaccharides, um, that it's are produced in mom's milk. And um, they were like, well, why is so much energy being used to create this portion of breast milk? But yet they knew that these oligosaccharides can't be digested by baby. And not that many years ago, like I, I can't tell you exactly, but within the last 20 years, maybe even less, they realized that these HMOs, these human milk oligosaccharides, oligosaccharides, it's like a sugar, um, are there to feed the bacteria in baby's gut. And, um, that's fascinating because, you know, to, for such a huge portion of breast milk to just be feeding the bacteria, you know, obviously this is, this is something amazing is going on. So they, what they found was, and there's a great book, uh, which I loved called, um, I contain multitudes and it's Mm. by a guy named Ed Young. And if you're a busy mom breastfeeding, you probably don't have time to read the book, but he wrote a great article for the New Yorker. I think this is two years ago, um, called breast, I think it was breastfeeding the microbiome. And so essentially what he found is that there's this one kind of super strain, uh, it's Infantis. And if this strain is present in baby's gut and is fed by these HMOs, it does two almost like magical things. One is it releases a short chain fatty acid that feeds the gut cells in the baby and helps seal the lining of their tummy sooner. And then the second is it releases a specific acid that aids in brain development. And the first part is that's so interesting is like, if you think about, um, you know, sealing the lining of the baby's tummy sooner and not leaving it permeable too long, like, I mean, you look at these skyrocketing rates of allergies and autoimmune where, you know, it's hard to tell between friend and foe and all that kind of stuff. Certainly, you know, having that strain and being fed by breast milk is going to have a major impact on sort of creating the foundation for health. Um, but one of the scary things that he talks about in his book, and he might even mention it in the article too, is that they're doing studies and they found that only 30% of moms in the U.S. have the infantis to pass on the baby. And in the developing world, it's upward of 90%. And he talks about in the book, they don't fully understand why. There's a couple of theories. One is, you know, we have a couple of generations of C-section now, a lot of antibiotics, but then, you know, we don't live in the environment that we're kind of meant to live in, right? Uh, very agrarian, close to nature. We live in these sanitized um, urban environments and we're not exposed to the right bacteria. So um, it's very important to take probiotics when nursing, but also to make sure that baby has the right bacteria. Because the worst thing in the world is to be like breastfeeding, which we all know isn't easy, right? Mm-hmm. But then, you know, not getting the great benefit of that breastfeeding if the baby doesn't have the right strains. And the other super fascinating thing is that it can literally change, and moms will love this, the number of dirty diapers you get. Um, a lot of times you'll see like, um, you know, really runny diapers. And that's kind of like the breast milk going through baby's tummy but not getting digested. So it comes out a different color, but it's like, we call it like blowouts kind of, yeah. <laughs> but it, you know, it's that different color and, it, and it, it's, it's like rapid fire, right? Um, if you do have the right bacteria and it gets digested, you're going to get a paste, like a pastier, a little bit thicker poo, but then, you know, the, the baby's gut had time to digest all the amazing 
oligosaccharides and great stuff in mom's milk. And so everybody wants less diapers. (laughs) I'm going to try that soon. (laughs) And and, And the other thing too is you do pass probiotics on to baby there. They've done studies. I think there's something like 700 different types of bacteria in breast milk. So, um, you know, the benefits of breast milk are incredible. Um, and uh, they just do magic stuff. It really does lay this foundation for, uh, you know, a healthier baby for the rest of their life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And there's just, I mean, every, I think the emerging science kind of everywhere we look, we learn there's a microbiome to kind of every part of our body. Um, you know, I know the, you know, the skin on the breast has a microbiome, right? And, yes. then, you know, our, you know, digestive tract, obviously, but also our lungs have a microbiome, our brain has a microbiome, our oral health, you know, it's just bacteria. Um, you know, I, I love how you say love bug, because I mean, bacteria, definitely, there's a lot of fear, you know, around illness and disease, but we can also look at it in that these are our allies in um, if we have the right balance of bugs, they can do the work for our immune system and keep us healthy. And I, I think that still there's a lot of education that has to be done around that. It's not just about killing bugs, but restoring balance, right? Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Looking at it in a different way. Mm-hmm. I mean, they help keep us healthy they, and they have uh, mm-hmm. forever. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, let's let's talk about. Um, I mean, I could talk to you all day. I think Ashley, but I think all before um, you know, we close just out of um, you just like another theme that you think that probiotics can help with. And I know there's a lot of more information around weight loss now. So, how can probiotics help with weight loss? Yeah, no, great question. And it's not just weight loss, like post baby. We all we all have struggles with this, right? So we all know people that, um, you know, can eat anything they want and don't put on weight, right? Or hate people that can do that (laughs) or vice versa, you know, people that uh, can work out all the time and um, eat really healthily and then just like can't shift weight. And it's obviously incredibly frustrating. And what is clear um, and increasingly so is that the bacteria in our guts have a huge impact on uh, our metabolism, not just the way we digest food, right? But our metabolism, belly fat, um, and really our ability to lose weight, right? Uh, there's incredible uh, signs with studies they've done on mice. So they'll have an obese mouse and they'll have a thin mouse and they will transfer the gut bacteria from the obese mouse to the thin and vice versa and not change diet. And the obese mouse gets thin and the thin mouse gets obese. I mean, it's just incredible. And so it does, it has a huge impact. And the most important thing is like, you know, understand that we have been, um, you know, just assaulting this gut bacteria and don't, don't feel badly. It's just in cities, it's everywhere. I mean, the other thing too, uh, to, to make sure people understand is that uh, bacteria feed on fibers, right? Healthy fibers. And our diet, the standard American diet that we all have, you know, it's just so lacking in these good fibers. So you don't want to just take a probiotic and think, you know, you're done. I mean, really your, your diet is going to have a huge impact on your gut health and can change it pretty quickly too. And so essentially, you know, what you want to do is create a healthy microbiome and ecosystem down there and make sure you're feeding it the right foods and you will see a huge impact um, on your digestive health and then and even your ability to lose weight. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, great tips. And so, um, you know, I would love for you to just share a little bit more about where we can find your products and your product line and how we can learn more. Again, I, I I'll have to have you back on the the podcast. Um, this has just been such a wealth of information and you really dove deep into the science and creating this line, I can tell. Um, so I, I really um, appreciate you sharing your wealth of knowledge with us. And um, I guess tell us a little bit more about um, where people can find you. I know that we're going to be putting a link in the show notes um, to your um, products, but I, I would love for you to share more about Lovebug. Sure. Thanks, Christine. And, and I would love to come back on the show because we're really just scratching. The I surface. know, I know, yeah, I, I know we are just, this is like a tease. We'll have to come it's back, you know, yeah, yeah. That's it. perfect. <laughs> yeah. So, um, we do, we have a product line for everyone in the family. Like I said, prenatal, uh, the only stage program from birth to age four to build babies, microbiome, everything out there is kind of symptom related and then kids and adults. And, um, you can find us obviously on our website. We're sold in CVS and Target in vitamin shop. Um, and then in great grocers around the country, like fresh time, H E B, uh, Harris Teeter will be launching in Fred Meyer, uh, in, uh, I think a couple of weeks. Um, and, and Rayleigh's as well. And so you can find us in those retailers, but on our website and on Amazon, not that there's anybody out Amazon already does enough business for, for Amazon. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Well, no, and I I think it's great that you're in, um, you know, a lot of popular um, commonplace stores. You don't have to go to a really specialty store or go to a doctor's office, you know, that this is very accessible. You know, I think that's really great. Sorry, that was key because um, we didn't want to, our our pricing is very competitive. We're less than a dollar down everything. And I didn't, um, and we work really hard because we use patented strains, the best delivery technology. I put cotton, organic cotton in my bottles and glass and all this stuff. But I, I know what this can do, what great probiotics can do. And so we wanted to be as accessible to as many, I mean, to everyone, right? Um, because it just, it can change people's lives. And, and that was hugely important to me. Mm-hmm. No, I really admire that. Cause I think there's so many great products out there and I love my industry of naturopathic medicine and all that I have access to, but it can be quite cost prohibitive to some people. And I think as we're changing the paradigm, making this, all of this information more accessible is huge. So, um, sorry, Dr. Christine, I forgot one good partner. I, oh yeah, please. Natural partners as well. Oh, great. Um, oh, that's great. Oh, that's we'll wonderful. We'll be up there in about two weeks. Awesome. Awesome. Well, no, I, um, we'll be sharing more and more about your work and your product line with my audience. So if you didn't catch that, we'll have a link. Um, and no, I just so appreciate, um, your time and your story. And, you know, it's, it's really admirable that you took this story and you created, um, your product line that shows a lot of uh, strength of character on your part, plus being a mom. Gosh. No, thank you so much. This has been such a pleasure. And I'm such a huge fan of all the work you're doing and incredibly grateful uh, for that. And thank you so much for having me. It's been a blast. And I, I do look forward to next time. Yeah, absolutely. I'll, I'll absolutely have you back. Thank you, Ashley. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the Spectrum of Health podcast. I'm Dr. Christine Schaffner, and I hope you enjoyed our conversation today with Ashley Harris. If you want to learn more about Love Bug Probiotics, please check out the link in our show notes. 
And again, if you have any feedback or questions, please feel free to email us at info at drchristineschaffner.com. Thank you so much and have a beautiful day.